one of the most brilliant things about experiencing the depths of whatever pain people might be going through experiencing is if there's something this dark, there has to be something on the polar opposite that's just as brilliant in terms of light and beauty and everything opposite of what I'm currently experiencing. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. We used to be on the road 24-7, as in weeks and weeks. I was probably in Australia... I think the last year that we did it, so the year before we got all shut down, I was probably personally in Australia about six weeks maximum. Wow. That's a lot of travel. (laughs) It is, but it was the best. And you know what's really crazy is that like we're on the road today, so hopefully the internet, I'm hotspotting off my phone, got it near here. So and But anyway, we literally, it's interesting because the kids, have gone, we drove up to Queensland and they go, we really miss being on the road. I think, you know, there's there's little things that you miss, things like those conversations you might have in, in an Uber on the way to the airport. We don't tend to drive everywhere. This is kind of a first. But it's those moments where you might be at a cafe and you're having a conversation with your kids and taking that time out that you might not make that time other times. So it's just, I don't know, I miss doing life with my children. They're now in a school system, so it's very different to what they were doing before. They were doing online schooling with my help, and then we got tutors to help as well. So it was a really different, seriously, it was a really different lifestyle for our children and for us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a huge switch. That's a massive switch. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I don't know if I can. So my hat is off to you. Why? What, what would be so hard about it? You get on it, you live out of a suitcase, you travel the world, you see beautiful places, you meet amazing people. That's cool. And you learn so much from different cultures. That's the piece that I really miss is that I'm kind of stuck in the same spot all the time. And I'm longing to learn and keep learning. And I think that that's the thing that I really miss the most. And, you know, I'm still trying to do it. Like I'm having a conversation with you today on the decisions table. So welcome to the decision table, by the way. Well, thank um, you. So good to have you here. It's so good to be here. And I, I appreciate this. I've been looking forward to it. And I'm excited. <laughs> like we're going to get this party started off of your phone hot well, spot. Party- this party has already started. That's the crazy thing. This is what it's about, is about having conversations with amazing, like really awesome humans across the world. And, you know, one of the things that I learned was that, you know, we we will do things the same. We will continue to do things the same if we don't have a different conversation. And my hope is that, you know, the conversations we have on the decision table help us to get to know each other in a in a new way, learn from each other, and maybe even evolve a little. And I think that this is so important for all of us to continue to do. And, you know, that's what this is about today. So there is one thing we do, and that is we have a lens each month. And our lens at the moment, it's gone over the month a little bit. And I think that's that's kind of the crazy thing about life at the moment, don't you reckon that in a lot of ways we've forgotten how to go full-blown. We've forgotten to take that time out or we've forgotten to sort of make it a priority to do. And I, I think at the moment that things like this make me me remember to do that more. And yeah. I'm trying to be really intentional with it because otherwise other things suck you in, right? They do, they do. It's funny you should mention that because today I was thinking maybe my new thing should be to see how many days I can take off this year. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Because I, I, I literally had years at a time where I took zero days off. And, wow. you know, and it's not like I'm working 15 hour days, so I don't want to paint it like that. But 
at the same time, I've had some amazing insights and conversations yeah. on days that I actually took off. And it was like, where has this been all my life? But they were like productive, enriching days off. It wasn't just sitting around watching television. I'm not sure how replenishing that is for people, especially depending on what you're watching. But anyhow, it's an important thing to not have this contest about. I was talking with a friend recently about this, and it was something out of a book he's reading. But, you know, we have these busy offs where we we have these contests basically with like who's the busiest person i was like that's insane right for me to like compete with other people about how busy can i possibly be if you need to be busy because you need to be busy be busy be productive do what you're doing love it be passionate whatever but you know we can really get into this I feel at least from my standpoint, I can get into almost like a, a compulsion, which is not a, which is definitely not a healthy thing. Even if it's a good habit, so to speak, when it becomes a compulsion, now you're no longer really in the driver's seat. And so there's a fine line there. So where do you think this comes from? Like for you, where did it come from? <laughs> well, <laughs> Part of it was just thrusting myself into owning businesses and being an entrepreneur and like, welcome to the world of 24-7, yeah. 365. I mean, that that is part of it. You know, you decide to pursue something like that, which is a very different lifestyle than the corporate thing where you typically at least have some semblance of nights and weekends off in most cases. So part of that's just choices we make. To honestly answer your question at a deeper level, I think a lot of it just stems back to I had incredible drive that was instilled in me in childhood just through some of the like not fun situations uh, and circumstances there i there was just like such a massive amount of pain that at a certain point something just tipped for me i don't want to say it snapped because that sounds bad but something just tipped or clicked for me and i have incredible amount of drive that came out of that that even though i'm not you know, the pain wasn't fun whatsoever. At the same time, I'm grateful for it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything because I wouldn't have had the drive to move and to shake and to do. And now, you know, you're always coming into new seasons of life and they always have things to teach you. And part of what I learned recently when I took my first day off and like however long, it was in a lot of ways life-changing for me, just the creative insights that came out of it. Uh, very unexpected. Yeah. Do you know that it's interesting? You you kind of skip over the pain side of it, but I think there's an important conversation around pain. A, because we don't often talk about pain, yet many face pain, many have had to deal with pain, many have had to work through pain. And it's one of the interesting things you said was, I wouldn't, you know, swap it for anything else. You know, I wouldn't change it. I've come from a background of full of pain and it's interesting if you look at patterns of people who have gone through pain. Pain has either helped people to, to go into this abyss of victim mentality, this abyss of hurt, hurting other people because you've been so hurt yourself or it causes things like destruction that you sabotage who you are what you're about or those that are coming to a relationship with you. Why did you choose not to let that determine your destination? Well, a couple of reasons come to mind. One of them, and I should probably put this up front, I do believe that there's, because like, I, I definitely don't want to take a bunch of credit for it. I think there's an element of grace that comes along with it right? That I just have to recognize something bigger than me that for whatever reason, there was some grace there. The I think part that I played was just, I just got so sick and tired of it. And I got to a point where I'm like, I'm either going to die in this and yeah. either like literally just like die in it for one reason mm -hmm. or another. Cause there was a lot of like suicidal ideation throughout my childhood, right? So I'm either going to literally die or I'm just yeah. gonna, going to emotionally and spiritually die and then continue to technically be alive um, yeah. until I'm not and my days run out. Or, you know, what happened to me, I just like, I got kind of super pissed. And I was like, you yeah. know what? This is not who I am. I'm not going to lie here and wet on myself 
and point my finger at everyone else and act like, yeah, and it's this and it's that, or it's these people, it's those people. It's like, you know, a lot of the people that we could point to in our lives and say, you know, like that person, you know, victimized me, which may be technically, which may, may be technically true. But the issue still remains like, what the hell good does that do you? How is repeating the narrative that they victimized you possibly going yeah. to empower you to step up, step out and get more accomplished in your life? It does, you know, we get caught up sometimes in, and I do this too, and hopefully I catch it sooner now, but mm. just because something is factually accurate does not mean for, in my life that I get to let myself off the hook because I didn't have like what that person had, or I went through this terrible situation or circumstance. And frankly, it's like what I went through is child's play compared to what a lot of people have gone through. And any of us on this planet, like the odds of us, of me being like the seven billionth or well, however many people on the planet, I don't know, six and a half billion, whatever, the the most unlucky victimized person on this planet, like I'm not that person. So I'm going to choose to move forward. And I just think you have to choose at a certain point what identity you're going to select for yourself and the meaning that you're going to make. And then you either move forward or you stay stuck. Yeah, I so agree. And I think that it's really important for anyone that might listen to this or listen to the replay that I want to... I want to address the fact that you're allowed to be in your pain. Your pain is real to you. It is something that you have to to understand where that's come from and not band-aid it. I think it's really important in a world where we often say, and, and I've been guilty of this, where it's like just get over it, snap out of it, you know, move on from it. And and you've got to be in that moment where you've got you've got to face it, you've got to work through it. And here's the thing: that although you can't change the past, you can't change what happened. Maybe even if it only happened yesterday, maybe it's. But you can make a choice of what you can control and what can change the direction and the results that you bring from today onwards. That narrative that you speak of, right? And I think this is really important because a lot of the time we ignore those moments in our lives, especially if we're in a total different space. You know, many people that know me in my world now have never known my stories from the past. Anyone that watches the decision table will, you know, I've been very open of many different cases of of part of my story that makes up the whole of where I've come from. But it doesn't make up who I am today, the season I'm in now. And that was really intentional. It was a decision that I've had to make really on a daily basis for many, many years to work through it. But I'm glad I've learned those skills of resilience that I would not have had if I hadn't have gone through it. I'm so grateful. There's a determination within me to keep going even if I haven't It's not a short-term goal, but a long-term goal that many would have given up on the journey. But I know it is worth fighting for. Mm. And I think that these things are things that I am today that I would never have been if I hadn't have experienced many of the challenges that I've gone through. And, yes, everyone's is different, but everyone, it is true to you And it is as painful as it was for you. And I think we have to address that that is the truth. And I think the exciting piece is that there is always hope for the future, no matter what you face, no matter what you went through. What is giving you hope for the future? That's awesome. Well, first, sorry, I have to touch on some of that because that was was awesome. I want to like shout hallelujah. That was great. (laughs) Bring it on. It's true. The fact that everybody goes through pain and everybody has has their thing that they go through, you know, like, Mm. and it's tough because sometimes people just throw out stuff like, you don't know me. And it's like, okay, you don't know me either, right? Like, welcome to planet, right? Like, none of us, everybody's going through, what is that quote? Like, everybody is fighting a battle that you know nothing about, right? So, like, we all just, we have that understanding. But I, I think what you were talking about is, you know, in my case, at least, 
there's things that I wouldn't like wish on my worst enemy that I went through. Yeah. However, what you were touching on, which is the strength and the resilience that built, would I ever want to go through it again? Heck no. no. <laughs> but, but the strength and resilience, yes, I'm going to hang on to that. And I always think about if, if adversity is going to be in your life, if pain is going to be in your life, make it pay for being there. Don't let it just take up, you know, free real estate in your head and in your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit, make it pay for being there and get the better meaning out of it. Sometimes that requires really, really tying into some people that can help you change perspective very intelligently, right? Because we all can get stuck in our own mental little bubble. And sometimes you need very direct, specific guidance or coaching or friendship or just conversation to work through of it. And when you were talking about you know, what, what we go through, we all kind of accumulate. And because as human beings, we function in narrative, we function in story. And I was thinking about this recently, just about what's more important to you, identifying and continuing to like hold the identity of your story or letting go of that and becoming what you were created to be, because there's a natural weight typically to stories especially if you don't transform some of the elements in them. And anybody who's gone through yeah. a tremendous amount of pain and it has used it, has used that adversity and made it pay for being there, they have stepped up. They have transformed the meaning of that so that they can move forward. And is that an easy thing to do? Sometimes, usually not, but the point is it can be done. And so I think, you know, if anybody is listening to this and, and you get something out of, anything that we're talking about this conversation, if there's a little bit of a spark for you of yeah. inspiration, motivation, whatever, realize inspiration and motivation have very short shelf lives. So you've got to put something in a practice, like in that moment of motivation, in that moment of inspiration, do some kind of action or make some kind of a commitment, put yourself out there to begin to develop momentum. Momentum doesn't just show up, you know, 10,000 horsepower strong. Doesn't it? Oh. I know, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? And sometimes, you know, people are waiting for that like lightning bolt of inspiration. It's like, it's not, it's a tiny little opening and insight. Yeah. If you will take that and do something with it, you give yourself a chance. Life is so much about putting yourself in the best position you can, not complaining about the position you're in, but recognizing what can I do? How can I in any way better position myself? And sometimes that's just internally going in and remembering beautiful things and moments from your life or something that you can appreciate. That's momentum too. So don't despise small beginnings as the saying goes. Yeah. So hope for the future is? What, like, like what is my hope for the future? For, I don't know. In, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that open-ended stuff. We'll see what kind of thing I can get myself into here. You know, I have a lot of hope for the future. I, I naturally was always very much a, a future-oriented thinking person. I think part of it because I had to kind of project myself forward to say there's got to be something down the road that's better than what I'm experiencing right now, which served a huge purpose. When oh, I was really you've just young. given me an aha moment. I've just got to interrupt. I oh, reckon that is so true. So I don't meet a lot of people who think really into the future things or can work towards the future so much. I meet a lot of people in my world that are now people. So to hear you say that, I feel like I so connect with that pattern of, well, I don't like what my life is now and I'm here for obviously something bigger than I am because otherwise I would have died. And so I'm going to work towards that future thing. That's yeah. actually a really interesting thing and I've not heard someone say that so much, but so I just had to... Connect no, those dots. No, I appreciate you jumping in because yeah. that's something for me that the future is always compelling. Even when I take like a strengths finder mm. uh, evaluation or something futuristic or whatever it's called, that's always something that would pop up. I naturally can mm. kind of vision forward. I can I can go way, way, way down the road and kind of see this broader perspective, which sometimes can interrupt the shorter intervals and the on the I'm ground. I'm laughing because sometimes it can interrupt. <laughs> I think a lot of times it interrupts. This, this is my, this is my never ending 
optimism and positivity. It is. <laughs> but see, interrupt isn't, and this is something I had to do. Like I used to, everyone used to say to me, you're such a disruptor. And I was going, what? I don't want to be a disruptor. Because I thought disruption was like this negative thing, right? You disrupt. That means you're like the rebel. You're the one bringing interruption to things. And I didn't like it. And then I realized yeah, I am a disruptor. I'm a disruptor of patterns. And disruption is actually a really positive thing. So I laugh Amen. because I think that interruption, interrupting those patterns is so important for us to keep moving forward. It's critically important. And I want to circle back to that in a second and, and say something, if you don't mind, because I, I love that you I don't mind anything. That. This is um, an open floor forum. The, <laughs> the interesting thing for me about and people that are constantly thinking about like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Yeah. It can create if you don't balance it out at some point, because there are seasons of life again, where something can serve you really well. But eventually, right, like I'm in a place now where I, I've, you know, over the past however many years, been way, way, way more about presence, being present, present-minded focus. Because if you're always looking forward, that creates typically a tremendous amount of angst. It can create a lot of frustration because you live in a gap between what is and what Mm. you envision down the road. And it can become very unhealthy. So I think that having practices and knowing yourself if you're not somebody who ever thinks into the future and you keep getting blindsided by things like you might want to do something about that and you know you have to counterbalance based on you know your your temperament personality if you're a person that's always looking at the past you have to recognize that about yourself and that's why you know with me and even especially working with clients it's like a lot of this stuff has to be contextualized around the individual, right? It's funny because my company is called Bergford Performance Systems, but ironically, it's like they're kind of systems, but they're really more about customizing something for somebody in a season in their life, but also building in the flexibility so that it can grow and evolve and change with them so that they can be effective well into the future. And to your point about disruption, you know, like when COVID kind of hit, I was... I hope I don't get hate mail for this, but like part part of me honestly was going, this is kind of awesome and not, not in a, like, this is a good thing type of a way. It was just, I recognized this is such a disruptive time. That's going to create so much because we can get so stuck in our little worlds and we can get too comfortable and too secure. And then we love everything because it's going along nicely, but there's no evolution. Everything just, keeps going. So I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like COVID was awesome. The piece that, that got me a little bit excited and I didn't say anything. I haven't said it to many people at all, frankly, but I guess now I'm saying it. Um, (laughs) That's kind of what happens on the table, by the way. Oops. Well, the cat's out of the bag. That's right. I just remember thinking this is an opportunity for me as a leader to step up. And I think people that are really, really love leadership and leading teams and stuff like that, this stuff happens and your first instinct is like, you know, everything just contracts. But then as you relax and breathe through it and you start to see, okay, you know what? This is going to open up opportunities. This is going to be a test of my leadership that some people will live their whole lives and never have an opportunity to be pitted against something like this. So instead of looking at only all the negative stuff, which there is plenty of it because it's on 24-7 news cycles, especially last year, really being able and disciplined enough to focus on what is almost nobody else going to see here because they're yeah. so consumed with what's being thrown at them. Yeah. But they're so consumed because society, if we bring it out to society across the globe, we are being fed things that are only going to feed the negative side, are only going to feed the pain, that are only going to feed the destruction side. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about a lot of things. Social media has a lot to be said for. There's great things that we can now get out because, you know, we have an awareness around us because we can get it on social media. But here's the thing. It can also bring out 
people's biases, conditionings, things that are stuck in systemic ways, and then it pushes on us and it feeds what I call the monster. And I think there's a lot of, you know, it's funny because you've hesitated a few times to say some things and then you've gone, okay, I'm just going to say it. And there's one thing that I have learned. I have learned that if I'm to be the best me, if I'm to be the only me that I know, then you are going to get me real raw and just the truth (laughs) is going to come out of me. And I think that that is the best way that I can role model to be the best me and hopefully give you permission to be the best you. And I think that we have got to a stage in life where we have to be careful with what we say, how we identify, who we identify with, what we're doing. And I go, how do we and how have we got to such a point that I believe you know, we've actually got to turn it right back and go, let's, and this, by the way, is the lens of the decision table this month, is let's get back to humanity as stakeholders at the table. And for me, this is so important because I think if we see humanity, really what that comes down to is, you know, putting humans first in every decision that we're making. In other words, we're trying to add value to the human race, not take away from it. That's all it is. And by the way, you're a human, I'm a human. So it's as simple as that, that if we go back to that, we don't turn up as this person that has it all together, this leader that's got it sorted, this leader that knows exactly what to do every moment of the day for the next how many years that I exist or you exist for, and that is just BS. And it is so taking us down this track of we are never good enough, we can never achieve like anyone else, they've got it better than I have, and so we are going down this pit of this if that is the way that we are going to continue forward. And I believe we have to disrupt that pattern. Any thoughts? Amen. Again, <laughs> once again, oh, oh yeah, I completely agree with that. And there was something, you know, as I've listened to your show, and one of them you were talking about this, and I'm not quoting you here, but like this is kind of my take. Because I wouldn't on... remember what I said anyway. <laughs> it was something to the effect of, I just remember like, yep, and I kind of amalgamated it with kind of my language, but it's true. When we start to get super fractal, and yeah. constantly like pointing out this and that and these 10 billion different identities and tribes and all this different stuff. It's like we, so it's interesting. One of my other, so I, I'm also, <laughs> I've worn a lot of hats and one of them is like professional dog training and behavior rehabilitation. And of one course. of the things I that, mean, I would have looked at you and thought that. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, you know, executive coaching, working with business owners, that, and yeah. there's other stuff too. But, you know, in that, it's so funny because I would have clients talk to me or call me. They want help with their dog or something, and they're running into behavioral problems, et cetera. And it's like, they always have to tell me the name of the dog and the breed. And I'm like, I could give two craps about, do you want to know what breed it is? Like, what information is that giving me about this individual? And like, how is that helpful? What I need to know. It gives you putting them in a box. That's what gives you. That's exactly what it gives you. And switching that around, you're exactly right. And helping them know like this, it's a dog. What's Mm -hmm. the underpinning? Like, because dogs as a species have underlying kind of need sets and a hierarchy of needs, just like human beings do. But the more fractal we get, the more we start to get away from the things that can actually unite us. And it's really kind of problematic. I also think it's so easy to continue to just then get angry at certain things and then just project our own stuff on the world. Because again, we more see the world how we are than it actually is. And now we're seeing all the stuff we really don't like about ourselves, but we're never internally looking and working on the personal evolution So we just get more pissed off and more pissed off, not recognizing like that's toxic inside of me. And what do I need to look at that I've been unwilling to look at or that I've been lying to myself? You know, I was journaling the other day and I wrote down, I'll probably misquote myself here, but the lies we tell to other 
or the things we hide from other people are nowhere near as dangerous as the things we hide from ourselves. And so I think if we're going to talk about changing the world and all this stuff, which I think is freaking great, but like the hardest thing is starting at home and not getting off course and distracted by like, oh, I've got to go fix that other thing and like get those people straightened out over there. Like, it's just not freaking true. Be a human being, love other people. It's freaking simple. You know what? So interesting. So many people separate and you're doing it here too. And it's interesting because what I think is where we need to change the narrative is changing the world actually is changing us. And when you change you, when you change how you're having, you know, treating at home, your partner, whatever it is, whether it's your family, friends, relationships, and then your community, that is changing what is happening across the globe. That is changing. And if we, and I always talk about the 1%, I'm well known for this 1%. If we, if you do your 1%, I do my 1%, and George down the road does his 1%, Mary does her 1%, Michelle does her 1%, David does his 1%. Guess what? We are starting to change what is needed across the globe. But it starts with us first. And I always talk about us as an individual, then our sphere of influence or community or whatever that is, and then across the globe. It is this domino effect of changing it. And the problem is that we're widening that gap from us to what is happening as as problems across the globe. But those problems across the globe are in your own backyard. This is the globe. Right. You and I live in the globe, <laughs> and we have to bring that back and narrow that gap yep. and, and actually look at it and go, okay, so if we're a part of that problem that is happening across the globe, what are we owning? How are we going to be making and ensuring that we're not adding to that problem but that we're actually being part of the solution needed across the globe? And I think that we have to. We have to do that. We have to stop saying that, well, you know, it's all these problems over there and it's up to us. Well, we are those problems and those problems are what is escalating across the globe. And I think it's the same with humanity. You know, it's interesting because when I've asked this question on this table, what does humanity as stakeholders stakeholders mean for you? Many go into this big conversation around, well, humanity across the globe. Well, humanity is you, me. That's as simple as it is, right? But we've blown it up into this big thing that once we've got us sorted, by the way, can I just say again, we never get 100% sorted. We are always evolving. And so so when we get sorted, we'll get to humanity across the globe. No, we have to intentionally with decisions we make we are either you know we are making an impact every decision we make is that impact going to be a negative one is it a positive one in other words is it adding value to humanity or taking away from it's as simple as that for me simple what about you uh, yeah i love the simple piece speak in my language when you're talking about we blow it up into this huge thing and and part of the reason i think for that and again you have to forgive me because I'm a bit of a psych nerd, so I get all spun up over this stuff sometimes. Bring and it on. I think of it in those terms, though. You know, we make something so big and like, we got to go out and like yeah. do this. And oftentimes what that can actually do is almost subconsciously absolve us of our responsibility of attending to the here and now. And that is exactly it. Yeah. So, and, you know, here's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I have this acute sense of just, you know, we're on this earth and like as much as we see stuff out there that bothers us, like how self-aware can we become to recognize where we're being a hypocrite? Like take the worst possible thing in society, socially, social issue, whatever you can possibly think of. And you're like, I just can't believe people and whatever. And like, yeah, and getting all upset about it. Is there a sliver of that in your own life? Yeah, but it's not as yeah. big as that over there. And that's the like, well, get the speck of dust out of your eye before you, or your, exactly. the beam before you get the speck of dust out of somebody else's, right? So 
it just, you know, for me, it's like a daily occurrence. I start to get upset about something and I'm like, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> no, see, here's the thing. I really want to press on this point because there's a lot of the times at the moment, and I even put a post actually last night up because it was so bugging me around, I said, the world is full of noise. It is exhausting watching others be pulled down. And maybe instead, if you are less concerned about what others are saying, doing or not doing, maybe instead you will ask yourself, what are you willing to say or do? How will you disrupt the patterns you don't like or the problems you hate, which keep rearing their ugly head? Or to narrow the gap from where you are to where you want to be? Or to, instead of adding more chaos to the noise, you created or curated a safe space where others are able to have a different opinion with no judgment, where you listen with no bias, even when what is said is not a belief of yours, where you agree to disagree, yet there is no conflict, only a peaceful understanding, where gain is only when both parties have a voice. Everyone has a right to have a voice. Just ensure yours is a voice worth listening to. Please stop telling me what others are doing wrong. Please start being the solution the world needs. And I wrote that (laughs) because I felt so passionate about people pulling other people down on social media. And there's a few things going around at the moment and always something going on that people feed that monster, get on that bandwagon. And I think, wow, what are we teaching for me, my kids, that this is okay? Yeah. Because it's not okay. Create as much drama as possible. You know, I was, Tim Ferriss, I heard him ask at an end of a podcast, like, if you could put one thing on a billboard, I think was the question, what would it be? And I was not a guest on the show, but um, I was thinking like, okay, if I, if I was asked that question, I just, I would want to put up a reflective surface, like a mirroring surface that right beneath it says the problem and the solution. Yeah, um, I love that. You know, and, and, and keeping that as a balanced perspective, because sometimes if we get to, I'm the solution, I'm the solution, I'm the solution, then we get into a ton of narcissism. If we get into, I'm the problem, I'm the problem, I'm the problem, we lower our energy so much that we can't effectively go out and help and contribute. And so, you know, I, I think keeping, again... Tell me more about that. Which part? Well, you said if we are just the solution, 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 then the narcissism comes out. Like, tell me more what you mean by that. Sure. I'm interested. I think if we're looking at that as as a mirror and I'm the problem and I'm the solution as well, but if we Mm. put too much emphasis on I'm really the solution and we start to develop some what we would consider wins and build one upon the other, eventually that can start to tip over into unhealthy territory where it's like, like I'm the savior or something. It's like, ah, so here's what I would do on that billboard. I'd say I am the problem. And we are the solution. I like that. Okay, fine. Fine. I will cede you that. <laughs> I like that. That's really yeah. cool. Huh. Okay, I'm going to need to sit with that. I like that a lot. That's great. Here's the thing that I find, that when we are all about us, it becomes all about us. When we are about us as a collective then it becomes about how am I taking ownership within a collective and as a collective, what are we doing about that? And yeah. that's where I, I believe the change will come about is because here's the thing. I have had amazing conversations like with you today with amazing leaders across the globe doing some really cool things. And they have often said it's extremely isolating. And I and I go, what if this leader and this leader and this leader and this leader joined together and as a collective, we joined our powers together? How much bigger would our impact be? And what change would we be able to do because we've got each other's backs on the journey as well? Mm. 
No, that's awesome. And, it, and, and it's a compounding effect, right? It's, it's not just exactly a, addition. What it is. It's definitely yeah. a compounding effect. It reminds me of the superhero movies or the Marvel stuff. And it's like, there's a Superman movie or a Batman and, and all these different things. And then eventually it becomes, you know, the Justice League or whatever. Where I love like, how you go into the superhero thing. I went straight into movements and I thought of, you know, Martin Luther. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. I love where our brains go. But no, the reason being is that a movement is created because why? There's some vision to see some change, but it's not about that one person doing it. It's about those coming on that journey to do it. And it becomes way more effective because there's more than one person who's trying to get above the noise. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And like one subset thing I that came to mind for me was mm. it's interesting because on like one hand, I absolutely agree. Like the best way to get things done is to stack one little piece upon the next, right? Like doing like this little percentage plus this percentage plus this percentage. And then ultimately I feel like give the absolute best and the most that you possibly can because sometimes it's we can also, out. yeah, sometimes we can get into like this, well, if everybody would just do their part and we all come together and I'm like, that doesn't work. Have you ever been in a group project at school? Like not everybody works as hard, right? It's usually like a couple people carrying a lot of that, right? Yes, I think all of us should give as much as we possibly can. I think that's key. It's like- But that is balance. To me, you know, it's this whole conversation around balance. Mm. You know, we, I've heard it so many times. Oh, there is no balance. Oh, there's balance. Oh, this is what balance is. And I go, no, that's like saying- Here's your individual personal training fitness regime. And by the way, I gave it to everyone else and it's going to work for you. Whatever. We are all different. We <laughs> right. look different. You don't look like I do. And so that perform that plan has to be different, individualized yeah. to what I need versus what you need in that moment. But that's the same as what value. I, I don't know if we... I think that that's an excuse. Yes, well, if we just go look at how it was done in the past, yeah, that's how it's done in the past. Why can we not expect that everyone just puts in whatever that is and know that whatever, I always say whatever's in your hand, give out of. Like it doesn't have to be that there's a scale. By the way, Brian, you gave today this amount of money so you're the biggest giver today. And Mary over here, all you did was spend a whole 24 hours serving over there doing that. So you've gone to the bottom of the class. We have got to get over that. That's yeah. expectations in which a society has put upon ourselves yeah. as part of that society. We probably put some of those on ourselves as well. Yeah. And we have got to go whatever it is, but you're putting your 100% or whatever that is or 1%, right. whatever it is, that is important and we cannot change the scale of what is happening unless we you put yours in i put mine in that doesn't need to look the same yeah and exactly. it's not gonna look the same well and i think that that's where we need to change and it's that parable right where mm -hmm. uh, it was like in the the temple and some person goes and gives like tons of money in the temple and then this one lady came over and gave and put like her a penny in you know yeah. and i and i think I think it was, yeah, it was, it's scripture. It was like Jesus. Yeah, like that's, yeah, the yeah. One, that's the one that gave the most because that was the last penny she had. That was 100% of what she could possibly give. And so I think that, you know, coming at that mentality of I'm going to give everything that I possibly can give and I'm not going to feel guilty if I don't have more to give, but I'm not going to look down on like other people who have less. I think that's really, really smart. And you're right. It's going to take, yeah, not, not excuse making around yeah. because I don't have more. I'm not even going to bother giving what I've got. That's the like, Correct. if I can't give it a hundred percent, I'm not exactly. going to give anything. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, here's the thing. If the lady didn't give this, then would have we had this? No, we have got to have that, whatever that is. And to make that balance within what we need to move forward. In. And I think that this is the interesting thing that, it's so easy for us to use excuses. My mantra, and many people used to ask me, how do you keep going? Like, why? How have you been able to achieve the things that you have in life? 
I tell you, it used to be this mantra all the time. I would literally say it all the time. No excuses, no limitations, no buts. And, and by the way, that's B-U-T because I've got a butt and it's, uh, you know, anyway, I used to tell my kids it was the Beyonce butt. I like to dream. And so no excuses, no limitations, no buts. And any time that I would come up against a block to move forward in something, maybe it got tricky, got it, you know, I would go, is this an excuse? Oh, yeah, but I can't do that because I'm not qualifying enough. Okay, so and then I would tell us, like find a story or something of someone that did something, but they didn't have the qualification. So, okay, that's an excuse. I've got no excuses. No limitation. Oh, but I don't have the capacity to do that. Okay, if I did have the capacity, what would I need to change? What would I, can I change that? Oh, actually I can. Okay, so there's no limitations. Good. No buts. But if I don't do this, then I won't be able to do that. Okay, so if I am to turn that around, what if I did it? What would change? What would happen? How much would this add more value to what I'm doing? Oh, okay. So really, there's no limitations, there's no excuses, and there's no buts. Mm -hmm. And that became my mantra in everything that I did. So simple, but it honestly gave me a formula that I could put in any situation that I had something that stopped me in. I love that. That's brilliant because it it opens up possibilities. It helps, you know, because you're asking really good questions there, right? Instead of just being like, oh. Oh, okay. Well, this is, again, this is what the circumstance is. Yes, that's factually correct, right? So like, let's ask some questions around the edges and take responsibility for what, even if the little part we can take responsibility for is so minuscule. And again, it goes back to like, there's so much we don't have control over, find the little glimmer that you do and like do the right thing and then don't get too, you know, caught up in it because right, well, here's like, the thing. it goes back to that narrative right yeah. that narrative like I had every excuse to why I shouldn't be anybody I got told that I was told that so many times in my life you'll never amount to anything you're not smart you're you know you've been broken you've been abused you've been well, you name it I had every single label that you can uh, you know put on someone all through my life to why I should not do what I do today. I had every excuse. But here's the thing. If I lived in those excuses and I used them as limitations to why I couldn't do what I do today, then lives wouldn't be changed. I wouldn't be doing what I do across the globe, across the global leadership landscape. And I definitely wouldn't be bringing solutions and I would have added very much to the problems across the globe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's killer. I mean, it's interesting that sometimes, but again, it goes back to like in that moment of decision, like, what does this mean? This person just said this about me. And, you know, like you have a human reaction in the moment, whatever that tends to be for any of us as individuals. No, because you're a superhero. You don't have that reaction. (laughs) No, I don't have that reaction. I'm super duper. You've heard that humans have (laughs) that reaction. Yeah, I had a friend once. (laughs) That's right. Um, But, oh my goodness, it's, it's like in that moment afterward, how do you digest and where do you send that information, right? Like somebody tells you you can't, mm-hmm. awesome. That can be really, really, that can produce, you know, a tremendous amount of sadness maybe. But this is where we get into the strength and emotional alchemy. So much of what I do is, you know, working with people like mental training, psychological performance, because that drives everything else, right? And like, what is your, you know, strategy? What is your plan? What is your skill set? How trained are you around emotional alchemy and being able to transform things? That doesn't mean that you deny the emotion that you have or like, no, I want it to be something else. It's just, you do simple things like paying attention, I was just talking about this the other day, paying attention to which emotional visitors you entertain. So if you have sadness or depression or anger or rage or frustration or whatever it might be for you that shows up to your house, you know, like they can, you know, again, just like let them be in the house, but don't go over and cuddle with them. Like don't entertain them. They will stay longer. They're welcome to be there. You don't need to deny it. You're like, oh, hey, hey, Chuck. 
whatever, <laughs> but leave the door open so they can leave when they want. But again, if you have any type of positive emotion, just good spirit feeling show up, you go up, you meet them before they even get to the door, wrap your arms around them, drag them inside. Oh, it's so, I haven't seen you in a while. It's so good that you're here and entertain the snot out of them. And you get clues about which emotions you entertain by the ones that stay the longest. And that doesn't necessarily mean that because people, you know, legitimately, you know, stuff happens. We all have situations. But in the long term, if an emotional visitor has been there forever, they're probably serving some kind of a purpose in your life, whether you know it consciously or not. And that's the game is like, why do I keep entertaining this? Exactly. And what if I wasn't to entertain that? Here's the other piece that is often the missing piece and it goes back to disrupting that pattern is what am I going to rewire to now? Yes. If this isn't yes. serving me and I know it's not serving me, but what am I going to rewire to now that is going to serve me, serve my community, serve the globe? Here's the thing. If people want to know, and I'm going to stop you for a second because I know it's a good conversation when we've got to this point in the almost <laughs> hour and we are, you know, still heavily in the conversation. But I do want to stop because if people do want to connect with you and know more about what you do, because you just mentioned it then, how do they best do that? Yeah, I just hop on my website is the easiest way to do it. Hop on my website. You have to <laughs> physically hop on it. Otherwise, it doesn't so work. Physical that I, <laughs> Very like, specific. And, and, and uh, visual that I just literally thought, damn, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. breaking the computer. Damn, right? <laughs> so, Sorry. That was such a disruptive. Hop. I, I love it, though. It's, it's This is fun. Hop. Um, <laughs> and it's BergfordPerformance.com. The one thing people want to do for sure, because I, I really like I'm on social media as a necessary yeah. e evil, honestly, is the closest I thing you. I can describe. So they definitely want to get on the email list because uh, they also can get into the Bergford Performance Systems app, which ha it's like loaded with a bunch of free courses and content specifically, again, on mental training and peak performance type stuff. But yeah, so that's that's where that's folks awesome. can get in touch. Love it. Okay, so it's got to this time of the this show where I ask my famous question. So we've talked a lot around you know, things that have created an awareness, both in you and I, I think, today. And it's just been such a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I love the fact that we started off in such a place where we talked about pain right off. And I didn't let you just move through on that. I wanted us to have a bit more of a deeper conversation around that because I think there's so much learning. And I know when it comes to things like peak performance, Pain is part of the journey. And, and I think that we have to know how to do that. I think that you know, anyone that tells you that you're not going to have some challenges somewhere along the way, you're setting yourself up to fail. And so the more prepared you are for that, how you work through it and then out this other side and what you learn from it is just so powerful. And, and I know this through so many things that I've gone through in my life and continue to have to sort of evolve to get to my next level of whatever that is. And so we've created a beautiful awareness around so many different things, but it goes back to something that we began talking about, and that was responsibility, which is more around what I call ownership. What are you, and so the question I'm asking you today is, what are you taking from this conversation? I am taking from this conversation that we really need to take the time to give ourselves credit for and maybe remind ourselves of the things that we have known for a long time that maybe we haven't just checked in with recently, you know, especially even in the, um, you know, especially the, uh, you know, spiritual side of life and stuff. That's mm -hmm. so much about, it's just remembering. There's a familiarity when you have a realization. It's like, it's, it seems like it's new, but there's something going like, there's a part of me that already knew that. And yeah. so I think just really giving yourself 
credit and looking back at some of the things that you already know, instead of constantly necessarily reaching for the next thing is the biggest thing I'm taking out of it. Because as we went through this, mm -hmm. a lot of it, I'm like, I'm like, yep, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I remember I've done all the, a lot of this stuff. This right. is really important point. And just stay on the, stay for me on the basics, never get away from it, needing the new kind of awesome, sexy thing, just like, yeah. It's a remembrance. That's how that's how you really awaken and that's how you affect change. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And I think one of the things that was interesting and I wanted to sort of dive into it more, but we were running out of time. And that was you began talking about making decisions and with the data that you have and things like that. And that's why I feel so strongly about what I call the secret advantage, which is the muscle of human intelligence. I believe as a as a human being, we have this data that comes into us, whether it's from our DNA, whether it's from our environment, whether it's from our education, whether it's from our thinking, whether it's from our learnings, whatever it is, it is the data in which it comes inside of us. And I call it your decision DNA. And then it's like what comes out of that is what you learn to do with that data. And I think that this is so important that all these things that we've talked about today is when we've learned and we've got this new data that comes into us, what are we doing with that data? And how are we going to use that? And I love the fact that you reminded me of my mantra of no excuses, no limitations, no buts. And although I don't think about that mostly, in my life, occasionally I'll go back to it because I know there's something really stopping me. And just reminding me of that has reminded me of data that has helped to shift or disrupt a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's those reminders of that is actually a strategy I used to use all the time. And sometimes I forget to bring in some of those strategies that would help others to be able to use that as well. So that was a great reminder for me of how I need to go back into some of my DNA and go, well, what have I done that has helped to get me to where I am? Because I think that sometimes, even though it's not front of our thinking, it was so much the foundational side of who and how we've become who we are today, right? So mm. that was a beautiful reminder for me to go back into that and to, Remember to teach about that piece as well, because I think that that's a great strategy and something. And I, and it's funny because I don't do the, if you think of negative positive, I don't say no excuses, no limitations now. I would rewire to the other piece. But sometimes people are at a place in their journey where they've just got to go, no excuses, no limitations, no buts. And sometimes when we're further along on that journey, we forget some of the importance of those moments that helped curate that safe space for us to keep moving forward. And it's good to go to that that positive space too, because we talk about pain and a lot of times though, pain is pain is the starting point. It's it's like the ignition yeah. that that lights something, but then you have to burn cleaner fuel at some yeah. point. Otherwise it, it will it will consume you. It's not sustainable, right? It's not sustainable. And one of the most brilliant things about you know, experiencing the depths of whatever pain people might be going through, experiencing despair, whatever, is the deeper you go, if you can just recognize, hold on, if there's something this dark, there has to be something on the polar opposite that's just as brilliant in terms of light and beauty and everything opposite of what I'm currently experiencing. And sometimes just reminding yourself again of those simple truths when you're in those deepest places can help you get to the next step. So eventually you can realize that kind of more beautiful place to more transformative transcendence eventually. But uh, you take whatever you have in the moment and use it to move you forward. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Brian, I want to say thank you so much for being on here. You are an amazing human being and I'm so grateful that you connected and we had our, and we're willing, by the way, to have our first conversation ever on here. And I know there's so many droplets of wisdom that you've put on the table today that lots of people are going to pick up. 
and run with that. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you for not staying in your pain, by the way, and mm. getting stuck in there and, well, actually just being alive and doing what you do and being you. So I just wanted to to say I really appreciate you. I'm going to end this broadcast now, but don't run away quite yet, all right? All right. Appreciate it. Right back at you. Okay. Cool. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.